But again, Jesus gave you this prayer to pray. So I encourage you to come to our gracious Father in heaven and pray to him in Christ using the prayer that Jesus gave you to pray. Welcome to the Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone. Thanks for joining me in the Fox Den. Do you ever find yourself struggling with prayer? You know you should pray, but you don't know what to pray for. You don't know how to pray. Maybe you even wonder, does God ever hear your prayers? Well, fortunately, God has given us direction on how we are to pray, and we see that in the Lord's Prayer. But before we begin, let me talk about what prayer is not and what prayer is. So first, prayer is not a means to get what you want. Quite frankly, that's selfish. So prayer is not a means by which we go and we tell God all the things that we're hoping for. It's not a Christmas list. Next, prayer is not a means to manipulate God. This is somewhat related to the first point I just made. In essence, it's not a means by which we get God to do what we want him to do. That's arrogant. That puts us in the position of God as if he is our servant, and he's there to do what we tell him to do. And then finally, prayer is not a ritual to appease God. It's not just going through the motions to make God happy. Now, perhaps we could look at some other things and say prayer is not those things, but these should get us started. And I think it's important that as we begin this study, we begin with the right frame of mind. So now let's take a look at what prayer is. Well, first, prayer is communication with God. So when we pray, we speak to God, letting him know our concerns, our desires, our sins, struggles, telling him what we appreciate about him, telling him how glorious he is. So prayer is a communication I think also prayer is a connectedness. So there's a relationship in prayer. Said another way, if you don't have a relationship with God, you're not praying. So prayer really becomes evidence of this relationship or connectedness that you have with God. Prayer is also an act of faith. Think about it. You're praying to a God you cannot see. You are trusting that he is there. You're believing that he is there and you're praying to him. So it's an act of faith. Prayer is also an act of dependence on God. We go to him asking him for what we need, asking him to forgive our sins. We're depending on him. We're relying on him for our needs, for his grace, for his forgiveness. And then finally, prayer is an act of humility. So when I pray, I'm saying, God is God, I am not. Now, we may be able to define prayer in more ways, but I think this gives us a good frame of reference to begin with. Now let's take a look at the pattern that God gave us in the Lord's Prayer. And we find that in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Let me read it for you. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, this is the pattern that Jesus gave to his disciples on how to pray. Now, to be honest, it is possible that he gave his disciples more content than this, but this is the pattern that God saw fit to bring down through history in the Gospel of Matthew. So, this is the pattern that we have. Now, is this the only way to pray? 
No, I don't think so. I think you can include more things in your prayer. But I do think this gives us a good pattern to begin with, and it's actually quite comprehensive. Now, let me just take some time to break this prayer apart so we can see the different parts. And the first thing I want you to see is that you're praying to the Father. And again, as Christians, we believe in a trinity. There is one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. These three persons are distinct persons of the Godhead, but there is one God. They're not three gods, they're one God, but they are three persons. That's the Trinity. So when we pray, we're praying to the Father. And we also see the location of the Father in heaven. Now I want you to see that the Lord's Prayer is primarily praying for God. Yes, you heard me right. I didn't say it's primarily praying to God. It's primarily praying for God. Look at the first three petitions in this prayer. Lord's Prayer consists of six petitions. The first three are praying for God. Hallowed be your name. So in that, we are praying that God's name be glorified, that the Father's name be glorified around the world. And then we're praying that his kingdom come. So you can look at that as really an act of humility. We are choosing to submit to God in this, that his name is glorified, not our name. His name is hallowed, not our name. His kingdom come, not our kingdom. And then the third petition, that his will be done, not ours. Do you see the act of humility that this is? Our sinful nature wants to control God. And in the Lord's Prayer, we are relinquishing that control. Again, we're praying that God's name be hallowed, not ours. That God's kingdom comes, not ours. That God's will be done, not ours. Now, perhaps you can even feel the tension of what we're really praying in the Lord's Prayer. We are giving up of ourselves in the Lord's Prayer, and we're praying for God. Now, let me just quickly go over the last three petitions. And this is when we're praying for us. We're asking that God would meet our needs for today. Give us today our daily bread. Isn't that interesting? We're not praying that, God, you would meet all my needs forever. And why do you think that is? Well, it seems to me in the Lord's Prayer, we're praying that God would meet our daily needs so that tomorrow we're depending on him again. So tomorrow we're praying, give us today our daily bread. So you see here that prayer is an act of dependence. And then in the fifth petition, we're asking that God would forgive our sins. But notice that we're asking him to forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Look at what Jesus says in verses 14 and 15. God will forgive you if you forgive others. But if you don't forgive others, God will not forgive you. Now, I do believe here that Jesus is being hyperbolic, because certainly all of us are going to die with some unforgiveness in our hearts. But the point that he's getting at here is how can God forgive you, or why should God forgive you if you choose not to forgive somebody else? And let me also remind you that God saves by his grace alone, not by your conduct So him forgiving you is not really dependent on you forgiving one another. But it does seem pretty arrogant and selfish to ask the creator of the universe to forgive your massive debt. 
when you're unwilling to forgive somebody who has sinned against you on a much smaller basis. And then the sixth petition, we're praying that God would not lead us into temptation, but that God would deliver us from the evil one. Now, that may seem strange, that God leads us into temptation. And I don't want to go into much detail at this point. I just want us to understand that we are praying that God would protect us, that God would keep us from falling into sin, and that he would protect us against Satan. And then finally, what I want you to see is that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're not praying for ourselves individually. Notice that it's plural. Give us this day our daily bread. Now again, is it wrong if you pray for yourself individually? No. But we're in this together. God isn't just saving individuals. He's building his church, and we are a part of that. So we are praying for us as a whole. So the Lord's Prayer is a pattern that Christ has given us to follow, and it's actually quite comprehensive. Again, we're praying first for God, then we're praying for ourselves. And we're not praying for ourselves just individually, we're praying for ourselves collectively as the church. But notice how comprehensive this is. We're asking that God would meet our needs, we're asking that God would forgive our sins, and we're asking that God would protect us. So when you pray the Lord's Prayer, and it's okay to pray the Lord's Prayer, that's why he gave it to us. Some people feel that you have to pray from the top of your head, that if you pray the Lord's Prayer over and over and over, it just becomes rote and there's no heart involved in it. Jesus gave us this pattern. It's okay to pray this prayer, and it's quite comprehensive. So when you pray this prayer, quite frankly, you're touching all the necessary parts. So I think that as we've gone through this episode, you can see how prayer is an act of faith, it's an act of dependence on God, and it's an act of humility. And God has given us a pattern to follow when we pray, and it's the Lord's Prayer. And I think this is important because we often don't know how to pray. And I also think in American Christianity, we have made the length of prayer kind of the ideal. But look at the Lord's Prayer. That's a comprehensive prayer. And it doesn't take very long. So the length of your prayer, quite frankly, is insignificant. It's the content. It's the attitude. So again, I think this is important because sometimes we get the idea that we need to spend a lot of time praying. And that's just not the case. Now let me direct your attention to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And there Paul says, pray without ceasing. What does he mean by that? Well, in American Christianity, typically when we pray, we pray with our eyes closed. Kind of hard to drive a car and pray at the same time, isn't it? So we tend to think that prayer is this time that we set aside to pray. But Paul seems to have a different idea of prayer. It seems to be more of a constant connection or communication with God throughout the day. A constant act of faith. God has been very kind to us, giving us a pattern to follow in prayer. So I encourage you to take time to pray the Lord's Prayer throughout the day, understanding that when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're first praying for God, that his name be glorified, that his kingdom come, that his will be done. You're praying that you would submit to him, to his will. You're acknowledging your dependence on him, that he is the source of your food, and that you're asking that he would meet your needs today. And you prayed in that way because tomorrow you need to depend on him as well. You're acknowledging his mercy, asking him to forgive your sins, and recognizing 
that you too need to be as gracious and merciful as him in forgiving those who have offended you. And you're praying that God would protect you, defend you, deliver you, rescue you. You're resting on him for protection. So the Lord's Prayer is a comprehensive prayer that you can pray throughout the day. And you can use it as a pattern or you can pray it word for word. And don't be concerned about praying it word for word. Jesus gave you this prayer to pray. I know that some of you may be afraid to do that. You're afraid that it's rote, that it's just kind of going through the motions. It's the same thing over and over and over. But you can do this and it be heartfelt. But again, Jesus gave you this prayer to pray. So I encourage you to come to our gracious Father in heaven and pray to him in Christ using the prayer that Jesus gave you to pray. 